Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. You say, well, how are you doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. And I'm telling you, friend, don't delay. Accept Jesus today. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a work for you to do. And I'm thinking about that that passage uh, was it Matthew 11? It's right in, in, in there. And Jesus was going out at various moments during the day. And you know what he was doing? Inviting people into his work. Listen, he's hiring friends and he's got the best benefit package. Don't just remain idle. That's what that passage said. They, they were idle. And Jesus is coming around saying, Hey, I know your purpose. I know your destiny. Come work with me. Listen, don't delay friends. Jesus has something amazing for you. That's my admonition. And, and maybe you're saying, you know what? You're absolutely right. Maybe you know the Lord, but you, you've, 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 you've backslidden. You know, you've just fallen away. You don't really even consider what he has for you now. Well, listen, come back, friend. Um, come back. Get in some conditioning training so he can put you back there right on the front lines again. Hallelujah. Or maybe you're listening. You don't know Jesus at all. I'm telling you, there's somebody close by that, that can help you. Or you can call us, reach out to us. We would love to lead you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right, don't delay. Okay, so today on the podcast, we've got a great episode today. And I'm joined in the studio right now by a really good friend of mine, a missionary, come on, apostolic pioneer, come on, visionaire, extraordinaire, Rick Johnson. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Justin. That's great. (laughs) No, really. (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I thank the Lord for the anointing that's on you, brother. Thank you. It's, you know, it's just like you said, it's, it's connecting with your purpose. Yeah. And once, you know, I think that's like you said, you know, a lot of people in the, in the kingdom of God, either in the kingdom or out of the kingdom, whether they're in or out, I think a lot of times it happens because there's not a purpose or they mm-hmm. don't understand their purpose. Right. And I know certainly that was true with me at mm-hmm. a young age. I mean, I had... I had unctions, mm-hmm, you know, I had mm-hmm. feelings, uh, right. things I thought, but I didn't think it was possible for me to do. Well, you're doing them now. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. And there's more. Oh, a lot more. Listen, so we, we had we had Rick on, on the podcast. I didn't look at the date. Uh, was it this year? Yeah. Yeah, it was early, early this yeah, year. Earlier yeah. this year. And uh, we did uh, an episode called Entrepreneurial Evangelism. Yes, and uh, really kind of dove into some of the, the mission and the work that, uh, that you're doing in Burma. Right. And uh, just re- really enjoyed that. And so uh, talking with Rick here a couple weeks ago, we said, hey, let's do a podcast. And um, we're going to talk about vision yeah. today. I love that thought. I love that topic. Um, so excited to see what the Lord's going to have for us today. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, we, we want to hear the, some current events as far as it um, concerns Burma. Last time you were here, the nation was still locked down. So yeah. you, so you have an update for us there. We'll sure. get into that. But uh, brother Rick, let's just dive into this. We're going to talk about vision. So yeah. lead us into it. You know, I, 
I, like we were talking about, you know, usually the default scripture anybody goes to in, in our circles or in Christian works is, you know, Habakkuk 2.2. 2, right. It says, without yeah. a vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And he, then he goes on to say, hey, let's write the vision down. Write it well, down. He, he gave us three. He gave us about three things in that. And if you read different versions of that verse, what I took out of it is like he told us to write it down. Right. He told us to make it easy to read. And he said, make it sure that you could read it quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that advertisers and commercial people captured that. They, they um, really know how to do that. Any successful ad campaign you have, they have those three comp- key components. Right. But it, it's also for us as, as a missionary or a pastor or, or whatever you're doing, for your life, just the general lay person. Wow. You know, you need to be able to have a wow. vision to, to move forward. And, you know, so often, like I, like I said, when I was a, a younger, when I first was introduced to Jesus and, and I was going to church, I, I would sit in, I would sit as a young man. I mean, I'm talking 10, 9, 9 10, 11 years old. And I would sit in church and I think, man, I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could see them doing was, you know, you had a pastor and you had people that sang and could play wow. instruments. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, man, people would pay me not to play or sing. Okay. So I mean, I'm just, oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm just horrible. You know, I, I don't mean that to degrade myself. I mean, sometimes in life you just have to accept things and move right. on. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, as John Maxwell said, he said, you know, you people in life, sometimes they struggle because they work on the, on the 10% of things they're not good at instead wow. of the 90% of the things they are good at. And that's, so I, that, that's good. I'm just, you know, I'm just uh, rhythmically challenged. And so it's, yeah. I've just never been able to do that kind of thing. And uh, I finally accepted it a long time ago. My wife makes fun of me. She said there's people, she has rewards in heaven for keeping me on beat and those kind of things. So, but that was the only two things <laughs> I could see in a church that's, that, that's that you could do. You either, you either played, played an instrument or right. you sang. And right. I thought, man, that'd be cool to be able to do that. And then you could preach. And I thought, I'm not worthy. Wow. I'm not wow. able to do that. I'll never do that. That's not even an option for me. You know, Rick, that's, <clears throat> I'm just thinking that's a podcast right there to talk about the immense reward and blessing for all the other opportunities of service inside right. of, inside of a church. Right. Like how come we don't champion, you know, the clean team? Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's another podcast though, but oh. that, that, that's a great, what you said is what a lot of people think though. Absolutely. I guess I'm no good cause I can't play an instrument and you know, I don't I'm know how telling, to preach. I'm telling you. And I'm, and I mean, I disconnected. I mean, I went to a church I got involved in the services. I mean, I was blessed. I mean, we had great outpourings and things uh-huh. like that. I mean, uh, we prayed. We, you know, I would sing. I mean, with a group, you uh-huh. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do a solo. Or you can they drown out. A solo. <laughs> right. No, you're not going to. You know, I might do it now in front of children. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and I can, you know, a little bit. But the thing is, it, that, that was my, my view my view right, of it. That was right. my vision of church. Yeah. I didn't understand, hey, that you know, there were missionaries uh, or apostles and prophets right, and right. evangelists. And, you know, I would see the evangelists come to our church every now and then. And I thought, man, that that's incredible what they're doing. Wow. But I didn't think I could ever do anything like that. Wow, 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 wow. And so, you know, I went, I went through my teenage years like that. And so, you know, eventually I kind of got to the point, I got really frustrated because then sure. you get into the, the other lie about, Hey, this is a rule book and I can't keep all these rules. So eventually, you know, you fade away. Mm-hmm. But 
then or you gradually walk away, you know. And so then I was out from probably 16, 17 years old when I should have been really pouring into it. Wow. And I didn't come back until I was 24. That's a lot of people's story, though. And wow. I, and when I come back at 24, I just I had this in my mind, you know, I'm going to come back to church because it's the only time I really had any peace. Mm. You know, I did have peace when I was doing that. I, sure. mean, I was happy most of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, I, I come back to the church and I and at, at 24, and, and I said, I, I just made this agreement with the Lord. I was like, hey, you know, I know I'm not going to have any fun. I know it's going to be boring, <laughs> but I tell you what. But I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> I mean, praise God. Yeah, I did. I mean, that was my whole attitude. Yeah. I'm like, I know that I need to do this. Yeah. So I went three three uh, three weeks, three consecutive Sundays in a row, mm-hmm. and before I finally made decide, hey, I'm going to rededicate. Wow. I'm going to make a commitment. Wow. And but this time it's got to be different. I said, if I go back this time, it's got to be different. Wow, wow, wow. And so I'm, I just, you know, I had never tithed before. I knew what tithing was, but then I said, you know, I need to. I need to do this. I know it's a tenant. I need to do this. I need to get water baptized. I need to do. There's a lot of yeah. things I wanted to do different. Sure. And uh, so I, I made a purpose to just that I was going to get in. And so, you know, I, when you go, it's one of the nice things about going to a small church or starting out sure. small. And, you know, because even with vision, you know, everything starts small in the kingdom. Yeah. Nobody starts out on top. You know, I, I heard someone say in reference to that, you don't start small because you're small. You start small because that's where everybody starts. Right. Well, you know, the cool thing about starting small, though, is it's just like, you know, when I first started preaching, I started preaching in prisons and in nursing wow. homes. Wow. Well, you got a captive audience. They're not going to kick you out. Yeah. They're going to love you <laughs> even if yeah. you make mistakes. You know? so many of them are so hungry, though, I mean, right. for, for that. Hallelujah. But they love you yeah. because you just for, for coming and, yeah. you know, because you give up your time to do that. Right. But they're also forgiving of your mistakes. And you can make all your, your you know, what you would call your key mistakes out. Right in in places like that, so that when you do get on a podcast, yeah. or hopefully you don't do those kind of things, <laughs> Help you know, us, Jesus. Yeah, Amen, Amen. Well, you know, you can't do it without Him. Yeah, you know, you can't. You know, well, I always say, you know, it's not your, it's not always your ability; it's your availability. That's that's good. So when I went, when that's I went good in that church, I noticed as I kept going to church, you know, and I think within that first year, they asked me to be the assistant Sunday school superintendent. Wow. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, this is, I didn't know you could do stuff. I didn't know, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, at 25, you don't think, oh, I'm going to do this. And so anyway, I thought it was just the biggest deal in the world, you know? Wow. So, so I run with it. Yeah. I run with it hard. In fact, I run with it so hard that the Sunday school superintendent, he, he didn't want to do it anymore. Wow. He, he just, he said, I got somebody here trained up or he's, he wants to do this. And yeah. so I'm just going to let him have it. Wow. And uh, I didn't take it away from him. He just give it to me. Yeah. You know, and so he he was happy to let it go. Wow! But at that point, it was just the job. What they had had was you just ordered Sunday school literature and you counted the offering. Okay, and that was it. And so then I started getting involved in stuff yeah. and reading books and starting to do things. You know, and then I realized I realized some of the things as as I walked this out, I started realizing some of the things that I was good at was God-given ability, organizational things, wow. and things like that, just, just the ability to see things and to take them to the next level. Yeah. And then it's not, it's not, a, it's not a thing about bragging. It's not a thing about just, Ooh, I'm, I can do this. It's just re- recognizing what God, the gifts he's yeah. put in you. Yeah. And he's done that for everybody. The, everybody. The I'm, the not, did it. I'm not unique. I right. mean, everybody has something they're really good at. Yeah. 
And I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, some people, it might just be that gift to make people feel welcome. Right. right. You know, because I can't tell you, you know, when you're out and doing this in ministry, there are places that make you feel extremely welcome. Yeah. And there are places that, you know, are cold not, as ice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You, you know, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I don't want to say that. But I would say, I would say there are places, there are people yeah. that make Well, you they can warm up a little bit. Oh, gosh. They, it's just people that make you feel like you, that's your church. Well, so that stands out. I Amen. mean, you've traveled and been in a lot of different places. I have been in some, but um, you notice those little things. Right. And uh, hospitality. What a gift. It is. What a gift. It Those is. things should not be overlooked. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, as you're a pastor and, you know, people come to your church. I mean, when if I nobody knows me here and I walk mm-hmm. in the door, the ability to make me feel like, hey, this is home. Yeah. Whether right. it's your home or not. Right. I mean, that's a gift. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge gift. Church, you know, I kind of have a paradigm that, you know, church should be a little bit like a family. In fact, the Lord told me one time, because early, early on I was, you know, my paradigm was run it more like a business, but then the Lord told me, he said, don't run it like a business, yeah. run it like a family. Right. And I thought, run it like a family. Right. So, you know, he had to help me there. But um, yeah, man, the, all these little places that maybe some people think are so insignificant, uh, the behind the scenes uh, parts, you know, in fact, I'm thinking of a scripture and I don't want to deviate us too far here, but I'm thinking of this passage. Is it First Corinthians... Um, let me see. It's 12. And, and he's talking about here because he uses this metaphor of the body and how yeah. he places, he sets each one, each member. So just like a physical body, he he determined the elbow is going to be the elbow, the knee right. is going to be the knee, but each part has a very critical function in the operation of that entire thing. Absolutely. A lot of people, you know, they idolize the worship team because they're seen or they idolize the people that are up front because they're seen. And then sometimes people struggle with these uh, other responsibilities, other ministry opportunities, because they're not so seen. But they're very important. Let me, can I interrupt? Yeah, please. One of the things you talk about people that are are not seen, that are extremely important, is your IT team. Oh, come on. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I want to say this to anybody out there that thinks they're a geek or they don't think their job is important. I love you. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, I go to so many churches with a flash drive, you know, because we do presentations or or a video. And their ability to take that and convert that and to be able to, for me to be able to show what we're doing, I can't tell you enough how important you are. I mean, you people are incredible yeah. to, to go through all this equipment and to know how to do that. Let me just tell you right now, thank you for what you Come do on. and the skills you possess, because that is one skill that I think a lot of us overlook Yeah, to have good sound, yeah, good lighting, yeah. Yeah. to just be able to do, to put projections up and to do the scriptures where people can see right. that or the music that they That's see. That's a ministry. It's huge. Yes, it is. Some people don't have a vision for it though, right? Right. Um, well, they, or they don't view it as a ministry. Yeah. And and you should. Yeah. I mean, because it's huge. Because, yeah. you know, I use this analogy because, you know, I, I was an aircraft mechanic for oh, probably 36, 37 years. Wow. wow and wow, wow. so I, 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 one of the things I understand about is is putting planes, taking them apart and putting them back together. Sure. And all the jobs it takes to uh, to take that plane and put it in the air. There are so many jobs that are, important that you can't do 
the plane can't fly if you don't have you know everybody sees the pilot right and thinks yeah. the pilot is the most important but we don't for, we forget about the people that have to do the weather and tell them to give the wow. weather weather wow. readings yeah we forget about the person if you're flying and i like to use this on commercial jets we forget about the person that has to empty the toilet yeah you know if you're wow. on, if you're sitting on a plane you're flying like we do for 12 hours that toilet doesn't work something's not going to be nice yeah you know it's not going to be a good feeling experience now know? as a mechanic is it true like you have to keep inventory on every piece like you can't like oh no there's one screw missing but it's okay because you know <laughs> right like if there's a piece missing do you have to like tear the tear the place apart to find it uh if tools for sure wow yeah if you're taking something apart and you got leftover parts that's, that's not that's a problem. good thing that's not a good thing. that's a grounding event because you need to know where it went you know so, you can't put them in the air if they like that. every part right is important and it's got to be in its place or it's grounded yeah so just like a body every play every person every, yeah. needs to be in their place right. or the or the whole thing is going to be grounded right it's not right. going to have lift it ha yeah and it takes everybody to make that happen i mean wow. you know you could go out and shotgun something i mean just slam it together i mean we, right. you can always do that and you don't need everything you don't every everything to put it in the air okay. but to be safe and to be exact yeah, right you do just like you said the human body i mean we can the body can function without certain parts but it's so much easier yeah. so much nicer when it's all working together wow yeah you you can limp, limp along with one kidney yeah. say yeah but well you know you're going to be diminished but you know the body of christ i mean we really do need everybody yeah hallelujah praise the lord um i was going to talk about this thing here that the unseen parts this is this one i want to encourage y'all we're getting we're talking about vision so i want you to get a vision for this i want you to see whatever your role is you may think it's insignificant uh, you may not get the hand clap all the time listen the people that get clapped for and applauded all the time have actually a difficult way to go because they have to make sure that they don't start getting all prideful and stuff about that all right i'm, I'm telling you yeah. uh brother hagan said you have to be dead to praise and dead to censure like you got to be dead to criticism but i'm telling you that's a little bit easier to do than dying to all the praises you know because you're up front whatever people oh yeah that was great that was good yeah you know but hey we couldn't do it without the entire team so don't just clap for me clap for the people behind the scenes but this way he's talking about here that the presentable parts he said god composed the body having given greater honor to that part which lacks the presentability meaning there are parts that are hidden um and immediately everybody just applauds and uh, and applauds the things that are initially seen but what about your heart you'd be dead if that thing wasn't pumping Man. right there are parts of the body that are unseen that really are the critical components yeah. of the entire operation and uh so you know get a vision for for that if you're serving in an area that's maybe not readily seen thank god that you are involved in such a critical component Amen. the behind the scenes parts you know we one thing i mean there's so many parts of that you can talk about components of people that unsung uh -huh. but you know i come out of a a church i was a part of a church for 27 years church on the move in tulsa oh yeah 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 pastor willie george gospel bill pastor Whit george and uh you know he he taught me a lot yeah i mean he taught me a lot and he uh well i remember one of the things was children's ministry 
yeah. and people taking care of your kids at church and making wow. them feel warm. And, you know, we, my wife and I, we worked in the children's ministry for a long time. Wow, wow. And so, I mean, when you're long-winded preaching, you know, somebody's having yeah. to take care of those That's kids right. and keep them entertained and, and teaching and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's important. Wow. They're a very important part. Wow. Well, thank you, Rick. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that up. That's encouraging somebody, you know, so just, just be, be encouraged. You're in a valuable place. Well, you know, and, and when you're talking about team parts, and, and here again, you're talking about us being missionaries, apostles. Mm-hmm. You can't do what we do without the support of the local church. Mm-hmm. The local church is vital to to the what we do. Now, you know, it's like you said, God God can bring it in. Mm-hmm. God can supply. I mean, he's he's good to supply uh, with any. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to answer prayer. And I and I, I believe just from what I've seen with what we do that it is all him, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. like you said, we got to decrease that he increases. Right. It's not about what we're doing because, because then we get in not only vision, but we talk about legacy and those kind of things right. too. But the, uh, the important thing is that we understand that he, he is the supplier. He is the source, mm-hmm. but in the partnership between local churches and ministries and things like that parachurch i guess we call right. them parachurch organizations yeah. but uh for like a for what what we do as far as our ministry and, and doing the work we do in myanmar and burma then it's not possible without local church and without other mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. coming alongside of us and partnering with us mm-hmm. i mean just like the local church i mean as a pastor it's not really possible if you don't have people that come right. to the church yeah. i mean it it takes it takes all of us yeah. to make to make these things work right and that's to me that's where vision comes in because mm. you know it says without a vision people perish people perish and so yeah. you know a lot of a lot of what we do is is show possibility and vision of what what we're doing mm-hmm. you know and and that's a you know a lot of times when I go to a church I've never been to it's like a presentation mm-hmm. of what what we're actually doing in that country the works that we're doing and it's not really so much what we're doing it's what he's doing yeah he's allowing us to steward that right and so true vision in my opinion you know if we look at habakkuk 2 true vision it comes from him uh i'm trying to i don't know who said it but somebody said once that vision is a snapshot of the of the future in picture form and isaiah says that only god knows the future so true vision is a revelation of god's plan in the future you know, when you think about that, and then yeah. those of us who receive vision become stewards of the future. Right. I mean, it's really, it's God uh, delegating, entrusting to us. Yeah. Here's what I foresee, God. He's saying, I'm foreseeing this because he's already in the future, right? Yes. He, he's the beginning and the end, right. you know? And I like to say it like this, that God's already been to our destination. He's already established our end point and then comes all the way back to where we are and says, follow me. And so when he gives us vision, like Habakkuk says, he will what? He, it says this in 2. He says uh, two one. He says, I will stand my watch. All right, so he's watching. And set myself in the rampart. Rampart is a protected place. And this is key to vision. Number one um, uh, key would be be still. Number two is protect that stillness. So he says, I'll set myself on the rampart, a protected place, and watch to see what he will say to me. So Habakkuk, Habakkuk is powerful because, number one, he set himself as a receiver of the future. Mm. When God 
revealed this vision to Habakkuk. He didn't just make it up. He received it because God was already in the future. God was up in the future saying, hey, this is what I want to happen. And he's telling Habakkuk in vision form, this is what I want. This is my my will. And I'm going to trust this to you to go and uh, flesh it out, say. That's powerful. Yes. Vision is the future. Absolutely. And, you know, the, with that, too, you know, I think it's God always wants to labor with man. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, he's not going to do it. He wants somebody. He wants a person to take He said, where is Rick at? <laughs> he wants somebody to run with it. Like, you know, if, 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 if we think of it like this, um, let me see, how, how do I condense this? Because there's a lot of things that I want to talk about in reference to this. But let's, uh, let's set this scenario up. So you have authorization, say. You're anointed uh, for Myanmar and Burma. Okay, You have authorization there. You have delegated authority there. And why? Because of the will of God. Okay. Well, when God thinks about the plan of Burma, Myanmar, the people, the local church, the whatever— he, he knows, like David said in Psalms, that all the days of his life were written in a book. Who wrote those days out? God wrote those days out. But just like Paul, who said that he was a master builder, God's working with builders. Okay, God knows the plan. He's the, he's the blueprint holder, but he delegates segments, sections, parts of that master plan and he delegates it to people just just like you and then gives you authority in an area and part of that authority is what i call strategic advantage that's vision you have insight from the heavenly father of a thing that does not exist yet but god's saying in that vision he's revealing his purposes for those people that place that thing that situation that nation that country that whatever and then he empowers you. That's the advantage that you have. Vision gives you the advantage. Rick, you have the advantage over others. You know, we're not comparing. But right. What I'm saying is you have the advantage over other things, other situations. You may even have the advantage over the government there in parts and pieces because God has revealed to you vision of his will in that area, just like Habakkuk. And you've become a receptor. You've become a container holding God's will and plan. We call it vision. Right. But with that vision comes the grace, comes the authority, comes the empowerment or the anointing to flesh it out. Or, you know, because, uh, you know, if we, if, if we say that faith cometh by hearing, but faith is a substance. So, in this vision form is the word of the Lord. You and I then put our faith to it by receiving the vision, agreeing with the vision, moving on that vision, communicating that vision, writing that vision, sharing that vision. We're putting the flesh to God's word in that area. That's correct. That's amazing, brother. It is. I mean, you know, and, and as I'm listening to you explain that, you know, the thing, the thing I know with my own life, he didn't show me the end plan. Right. You know, it says the steps of the righteous Step. are the steps, mm-hmm. not the leaps, not the jumps. You know, I mean, my pastor taught me well. He said there's no there's no steps or jumps, leaps. Of, there's no leap of faith in the Bible. Right. He said he leads you by steps. Yeah. And so I think 
for us, he never showed me the full plan right. of what we're doing right now. He showed me a few steps, and right. I took those few steps. Yeah. We took some ground, and he showed me a few more, and we show, and he's still doing it. Yeah, I mean, he's I still love there. it. I, can I talk about one of the things we're doing? Yeah. Talk about whatever one, you want to talk about. One of the things, <laughs> well, you know, a part of our campus that we're building over there, one of the things, and this is just a step project, okay? One of the things, when I first got the vision, I knew I wanted the pavilion, Mm-hmm. because we need an outdoor place because it gets so hot and it rains so much that we need an outdoor covered place that we can have you know corporate meetings we can bring yeah. village in to you know to do all kind of, i mean we have all kind of children's uh conferences pastors conferences all these wow. things we needed a place to do that so yeah. in my mind i'm thinking you know three four thousand square feet would be pretty good okay and so then i thought well, you know, we just we'll just do something like that, you know. And then as as this goes on, I talk to more people. This goes on for about a two year period, that I because this is one of the last projects we're doing. And and now I see these wow. things, and it's not just me wanting these things, but I start I meet some people. Oh, the Lord revealed it to you. Yeah, I, I start meeting people, and so then I'm thinking, you know, I probably could bump that up to five, maybe six thousand square feet. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why would you do that? And then, well, I need to raise raise the you know the ceiling, the roof up a little bit more so that we can uh, play basketball in there. Oh wow! And then I got the I met this uh, met this young lady. She's like was on the national soccer team. Wow! And we got to talking about things and possibilities. And so we thought, well, you know, you could put some astroturf on that. You know, we could wow. have indoor soccer because that is the thing. That's there. the thing. Wow! So you know, that's a very practical thing. Wow. That works in a in a in a third world country yeah. that will draw a lot of people. Wow. A lot of kids. We're gonna have all those kids coming to I our place to play indoor soccer. Yeah. When it rains or when it's too hot, they can yeah. come in undercover and play I that. love it. And I and you know the That's thing vision. is you can set up your you can set up chairs and tables on a on AstroTurf. Yeah. You can't play soccer on concrete though. Right. Not for very long. Wow. wow. But I'm just thinking, I mean this and then when you have something super nice, you build something super nice like that, everybody wants to come to your place to do that. Yeah. And, you know, there's another place similar to this in town. It's a lot bigger, but it's not the same thing, and it's definitely not a Christian-based thing. Right, wow. So when we bring people onto the campus for this project, I mean, for them to come in and to see this, I yeah. mean, we'll be able to present gospel on, on a different level. So you're at 6,000 square feet? Right now. And growing. Uh, well, we're just, <laughs> we're just thinking. Come on, somebody. You know, we need somebody to run with the vision. Hallelujah. Somebody to throw down some bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just, you know, we're just thinking. I mean, and, and we can do this. I mean, that used to, I would have had a thought like that. Nah, yeah. that's, that's me. Right. But now I realize it's the Lord, you know. Yeah. And, it, we, you know, I don't want to say that in like oh, just a canned way. Right. But I just realized I've done it enough now to recognize yeah. his voice. You know, yeah. Says well, sheep you're saying voice. it very confidently, and that's that's key. But we can the, – the thing, the thing is the benefit from this is – and, I, and it, you know, we, we see our, our schools and things like that with playgrounds and things right. like that. But what you don't – what people don't realize is that we're – where we're located, we're right in an area that's 95% Buddhist. Wow. So, I mean, and that depends on what, what survey you look at. Yeah. But, I mean, let's just say we're 90% Buddhist, mm-hmm. which means 9 out of 10 people are Buddhist. Now, mm-hmm. Buddhist, here we got, we got Methodist, Baptist, yeah. uh, Pentecostal, got all kinds of stuff. Church of Christ, all that. Over <laughs> there, it's Buddhist and other. Wow. You know, so we don't have all the, de- wow. they have denominational things there. But, you know, the, it's cool because most of them work together. Yeah. 
Because it's us against that. Well, you're putting Christianity on on the map, brother. Absolutely. It's Christianity. Soon there's going to be a little slice of that pie. It's going to say Christian. (laughs) Yeah, there's probably, and you know, there's probably five to six percent that are Christian there. Yeah. But, you know, why couldn't we change that? Yeah. And, you know, let's at least double it. The one thing we, the one thing I do realize from what I have learned from sitting under my pastor is that, you know, you go after the kids. Yeah, sure. And there's the easiest one. Billy Graham even said that the best time to reach a person, a person, is at eight years old. Wow. So if we can get these little kids coming to our place, and we're not trying to brainwash them. We're not trying to change their culture. We're not trying to to make anything. We're just wanting to introduce them to Jesus. Yeah. You know, eternal life. Yeah. And that's all, you know, we're trying to do. And and let them come and play and have fun in a safe environment. Yeah. So if we can do that, I mean, Man, we can organize soccer teams. We can have we could have big big things happen like that yeah. under under roof under on our place under a controlled Christian environment. I love it. I love it. That's vision, but it's evangelism too, though. So you saw see, people just you know not you, but I mean sure. people just they 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 kind of just fluff this off. You know that uh, I'd have to look it up. It's in Proverbs, but it's that verse where he says. Uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, there's two ways to look at that, and I'm and I and I look at it one particular way, and it's because of uh, the Hebrew word delight. The Hebrew word delight means shapeable, moldable, pliable. Yeah. All right. So if we're moldable, shapeable, pliable, like Plato say, or silly putty. Yes. Maybe not silly, but putty. You know, <laughs> Plato. If we're like clay, then he's able to mold and shape desires i believe he gives us desires a a, a lot of people see it like this that god's the big cosmic sugar daddy i'll think of something and he'll get it for me Mm. no he he originates desire meaning he's crafting desire why or how is because he knows the future he's written all the days of our life down in a book that's what david said in psalm was at 139 uh, verse 16 all the days of my life were written before I even lived one of them. Is how the New Living Translation says that. Powerful verse. But what does God do? He's, he's working with us as the, uh, as the uh, potter. We're the clay in the potter's hands. Yeah. And what's he doing? He is working. You know, if you can imagine, he's working a desire. And if we'll learn to trust that, that vision you had of that complex, I, I mean, I'm, you, know, you understand this, but that was from the Lord. Right. That was from the Lord. Now, maybe the clarity of vision is progressive. Um, that's what you're referring to as one step, one step, one yeah. step, one step. Yeah. He's the light unto our path. Here is, um, you know, if, if, if we can envision it like, um, because literally uh, we're walking around in an environment that is shrouded in darkness. All right. So in imagine with me that it's dark outside and you and you have a flashlight so his word is a light into our path just like we're holding a flashlight in the middle of the night and we're coming up on something we've never been here we've never seen it before but the light off that flashlight is illuminating the the very beginning portions of this thing we're coming upon and let's just say it's a building and as we're walking down we see a driveway Okay, well, this is interesting. We're going down. Now we see uh, steps to a porch. Oh, okay, this is interesting. What's what's up here? I don't know. I can't, can't see it yet. But vision is progressive in that sense. He gives you illumination 
in order to take the next steps. But the intention is the unveiling or the revealing of the entire structure. So eventually we're going to have total clarity. And this is why, you know, you're saying, well, I started out with it being 4,000 square feet, but now it's at 6,000. Well, brother, what if it's 12,000? We don't know because vision is progressive in that sense. And as we receive like the incoming data, oh, there's a porch here. Vision's growing. Mm -hmm. There's still the totality of the thing. We just haven't uh, progressed. The light of the word hasn't revealed all of it yet. He's leading us up to it. Some people... Some people would be totally afraid if they saw the to- totality of the thing. I understand and, uh, yeah. I understand. And he works with us on the basis of faith. And so he doesn't reveal everything because he's leading us. You know, like even with uh, Father Abraham, who's the patriarch of all those who are uh, righteous by faith. He said, get up, pack up, and go to a place I'll show you. Well, why didn't he just tell him everything up front? Well, that's how the Lord works. You know, I don't know. It's just his, his way of yeah. progressively leading us step by step by well, step. You know, if you think about Noah, you know, that's, that's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot on vision. You know, when he showed him, he had to show him how to build a boat. He had to. He didn't know how to do that. Yeah. And he's talking about rain. Yeah. He'd never seen that before. Never seen it before. And so. Had to show it to him. And he held that vision for how many years? A hundred yeah. years. hundred and what, 70 yeah. something years? Yeah. A long time. Yeah. You know, so can you imagine us having to do something like that for that amount of time? Yeah. And everybody, and, and the point was, I think, believe it, everybody ridiculed him. Yeah. Thought he was crazy. Yeah. And he's doing that until the animals started showing up. Yeah. And then people see oh, yeah. at that point, seeing was believing, right? Yeah. Or uh, Moses with the blueprints of the tabernacle. He had to see it. Right. God showed him. And it, it may have been in, incrementally in the sense of, as God was revealing what he was going to build, he didn't, he took them room by room by room. Now I'm not, this is not a word of the word of the Lord, Rick. I'm I'm just using this as an analogy because I'm fascinated by this pavilion. But you know, if, if, if we were to come into the door of a thing and remember, because we're in an environment, the earth realm or the natural realm, or we could say it's the first, the first heavens or whatever. It's shrouded in darkness because the God of this world is darkness. Okay, now there's light in us. We're the light of the world, but the environment's dark. So I'm using that as an analogy to let us know this is why we have to have the entrance of his words giveth light. Right. So we navigate this dark environment through the light of the word. That's that's how things are illuminated. That's how we know where to go. Proverbs, was it Proverbs um, 4, I think it is? where it's talking about that the, the people of the world, they're stumbling around in the dark and they don't know what they're tripping on because they don't have light. They don't have light. The word is our light, our flashlight. Yes. It, it's our navigational tool. Right. So here we are, we come upon this building, we step into the door, we see that this is part of our future, this, this, this building. I see a doorway, I see the porch, I see the, the drive, I know the front of the building. I step in, God's leading me. I, he's navigating me in, into this room. The light of his word is fleshing out. Uh, he is arranging the furniture in this. I have a vision for this. And it's progressive because as we would walk down this building, the light of the word is illuminating. This is why, uh, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I, this is helping me. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> this is helping me. Uh, we come up, up as the light is coming down this place. We see, well, it's 4,000 square feet. Oh, wait, there's more. Why? Because the light of vision yeah. is saying that's not the back wall of the building. Oh, it's 6,000 square feet now. 
Why? Not because you made it up, because you hadn't seen all right. there is to not. see. And so potentially there may be e- even more. And if if people will use um, the inbuilt, in-design tool that God has given you of your imagination or your conceptualization tool or the tool you use to visualize, which is the eyes of your spirit, right. your imagination, then people can um, move around in this revelation and say, God, show me what I am not seeing yet. Show me the other parts that haven't been illuminated yet. And God will lead us around in this thing. And that's how we begin to see. That, that's how vision is formed. God begins to speak a word. Notice what Habakkuk said here. He says, I will see what he says. Every word that God speaks has an image associated with it. And if we'll take time to meditate on his words, our imagination, which is God designed, it will begin to put an image or it will frame the vision on what God has said. And so, you know, this is how uh, we would flesh out something. We would say, God, this is what you said. And we would meditate on, on that word. We, uh, and as we meditate on that word, the vision is becoming clear, you know, and when it's totally clear, Rick, when vision is totally clear is really usually when we quote, pull the trigger, right? That's when we begin to act because it's become so vivid. It's become so vivid. It's as if it's come alive. When it comes alive to you, you know it's a done deal. When I first, you know, thing the thing is that we, we talk about this thing, things like this. Well, you know, I was in Burma for probably, you know, going back and forth to Burma for probably 10 years before we ever started this. Wow, 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 wow. And so in the last four and a half years is when all these things have come. But I remember the first step I had to do, you know, was I felt like it's really important to know culture, yeah, and know the people and who make acquaintances and yeah, relationships. That's powerful. And, build, and to do that, I mean, I felt like that was my first steps, and and I didn't really realize it at the time, but that's what was going on. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I can say that is because we haven't been there in two years, but all these things have been Coach built Mo- because because of all the all the people that we know there yeah. who set up the relationships that we trust people and, and they're competent. And we know that because yeah. we had 10 years of, of proving that. That's but, amazing. So we start that. And the, the, after the, after we did that, one of the things I knew in my heart was that if we were going to do things, we need to be incorporated there. Mm. We need to go to the next step. And that was a big step, mm-hmm. you know, to get incorporated because that took some time and had legal stuff. And right. so there we, we actually become a, a five, what we would call here a five hundred one c three, okay, yeah. or uh, you know, incorporated as a as a service company there. Okay, so you're providing services to the community. Wow. So it, it gives you an edge on on everybody. You wow, know, wow, wow. other you know people that would just come and go and come and go like we were doing. But yeah. it gives us a, the ability to have a business, to start a church, to do those, to hire people, and to do things like that. But we did after we did that. That went for about another couple years, and I knew that I needed to buy some land if we needed we needed a place to base out of yeah because uh heard somebody say one time if you don't own it you don't control it wow that's powerful and that was the kind of rung i didn't hear it at that point but then i I just knew that i needed to get it so somebody needs to get a vision for that right there (laughs) so i told uh i told the the we started looking around for land and i thought we had a piece and it wasn't it wasn't that the deal fell through and i was kind of bummed but then again, I come back the next year, and 
I realized I couldn't beat them at their own real estate game. Wow. You know, so I did a lot of homework about what what works, the way we do things here. Yeah. Well, you can't always do things like that in a third different, world. You've got to kind of know their rules and how they play and what will happen. So I finally come to grips with some things, and we just bit the bullet. And I, I went to this guy, and he owned the land. And I told him, if you'll give me a year, I said, I'll, I'll raise the money, or I'll give you the money to pay for this. Wow. If you give me wow. a year, yeah. I can make – try to make some payments and you know i was in great hope (laughs) i was in great hope because i had no idea i'd never done anything like that never ever done anything like that and so you talk about stepping out in faith yeah i mean i i didn't know how i didn't know where the money was going to come from i didn't know how it was going to come you know i didn't know if people would do that or not you know because this was bigger than what i could do myself which Mm -hmm. is one of the i think Somebody said one time that is the key indicator of a of a God given vision <laughs> when it's bigger than what you can Amen. do, and it definitely Amen. went bigger than I could do, and yeah. it, and it's still much bigger than what I can do. So we're grateful for our partners and things. But the when I bought the land, I told him that, and it took a year. And here's the interesting thing for for that land, we bought a seven acre tract. Well, it's actually bought a five, but it actually turned out to be seven. Mm. But even in that period that the land that we bought, I had, I thought surely somebody would catch this vision and somebody, it would be no big deal for somebody to buy that, mm-hmm. you know, to, to donate to that. But you know, it never happened that way. Wow. I had it wow. figured out. I had it figured out how this would work. Yeah. And so then I had over the course of a year, I had three different people give us a check for $5,000 each. Wow. I had one person give me one for 2,500 and everything else come in much less than that. Wow! But it come in steady all but year. But it came in. And, you know, I got to thank you, Lord. I got to asking the Lord why, why, why didn't? And and was, first off, He told me is because I'm trying to teach you something. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. if I'd have just give that to you, you just thought it'd have been easy, and then you could just went, <laughs> went on and done it. But with faith and patience, yes, somebody, yes. So, but it was wasn't only that. But then He said, I didn't want one person to take credit for all. Okay, that. yeah. I wanted a lot of people to be involved. A lot of people need to be blessed by Praise that. the Lord. So I've got a lot of people that's, that are invested good. in everything that we're doing. That's really good. You know, over there. So it, it was, you know, not to get off on that, but, you know, with vision, you have to have some help. You know, that vision, it, it, it called you into an unknown place. That's what vision does. Vision beckons you to come. Oh, it wasn't just unknown. It was unheard of. <laughs> I love I, it, right? I used to laugh at people. I, I really did. I'd laugh. I, I just laughed to myself. I wasn't making fun of them. But I'd laugh if, you know, uh, they were they were having to buy land or build a yeah. building or something. Man, I'm glad I don't have to do that. Right. And, you know, once this started, it hadn't stopped. You wow. Know? So, wow. you know, and another thing, if, if you're afraid to – if you're afraid to present things like that and ask for things like that, you're not going to go very far. Wow. I don't think because I, I received that. I have yet to see a big pile of cash mm. just drop in our lap, you know, but mm. it's just, I, I just, you know, that's just wow. what's happened with us. So I don't know. I don't know how other people might do that, but I'm grateful for everything that has happened. I yeah. mean, and I've, We've had to literally pray and believe for everything. And, you know, that's not an unheard of story. No. I mean, no. most people, if they're anywhere in ministry, you've had yeah. to pray and believe for everything, you yeah. know. And and unlike us. But the thing is, it's one thing to teach or preach on living by faith. It's another thing when you actually have to yeah. do it. And so we had to start doing that. And you were doing it. But yeah. you did it because you had a vision. Right. Well, it put us in, a, like you said, it put us in a different realm. Wow. You know, it just, wow. now, now things are not, this is not something I can do. I can't go work overtime. 
I can't go get another job. I can't, me and my wife both couldn't go get another job and, and make this happen. And, right. and if you did do that, all your time's diverted over to yeah, that. You'd be getting into toil. Which goes into the other part of that is that people that a lot of times people are called to business right, and to work jobs and yeah. to help people do that yeah. because, you know, you can't do it without that either. Wow. You know, so it, we all play a part into that, you know, and, wow. and, and sometimes, you know, it's, I think about, I don't, man, there's so many trails we're going here on, but, you know, I think about, you know, people think sometimes, well, I, I don't have enough or, you know, but, you know, it's never been about the amount. It's always yeah. been about the percentage, yeah. you know, because he, when Jesus was watching people, he was, and yes, Jesus was watching people put money in the offering yeah. and he watched the widow with yeah. the two mites, you know, which is, I think they say is about two cents. Yeah. And he said, she's given more than everybody. More than everybody. And, you know, thank God for that. Yeah. Thank God for that. You know, people that do stuff like, that. I mean, if people would, uh, you know, just accept that that's so true. If you'll just obey, yeah, you might be the one that Jesus calls calls out and celebrates as giving the largest gift. Amen. Not not that it's about that. You know, it's not like this no, comp- yeah, no, competition. Not, yeah. But that Jesus made that point though. Yeah. Yeah. This woman outgave everybody. Right. He made the point to just be like this woman gave out of passion. Yeah. Out of desire, out of love. Um, well, you know, she gave out of her lack. Yeah, but, you know, we're talking about vision, and we're talking about people making a difference. Here's a, here's a woman that gave a little. She's in the Bible. She's in the Bible. I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> she is, though. But yeah. think about all the people in your church or in our ministry that help. Yeah. That they, don't, they don't see, but God sees everything. You know, Rick, I want to make this point in the last couple moments we have here uh, from, from Habakkuk. Habakkuk's... One of there were several responsibilities. One of them was to get in a protected place to hear the word of the Lord. So you know, as leaders of ministries, uh, that's one of our primary responsibilities: is we have to get in a place where we can hear the Lord's direction. Then the Lord told him to write it. Now this this stood out to me just now. He said, "This is Habakkuk two to write the vision, make it plain." Now, th- this is very important, so that others may read it and run with it. Listen, this is, this is the way that the Lord does this. It's not that, Rick, you and I aren't running with vision or running with it or even contributing to it. Right. But one of our primary responsibilities is to get the blueprint. Right. God will set up others. He is already, already. Now, we, we don't. You know, we're not cognitive of it. We don't maybe even necessarily see it yet. But when God downloads vision to us, he's also tapping on somebody's shoulders, preparing them to connect with the vision once they hear it. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking of that passage in uh, uh, Romans 12. Let me read this because I just love this. So in Romans 12, he says, verse 6, having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let's use them. Right. Some people are grace for prophecy, it says here. Yeah. It says some ministry, some teaching, some exhortation, and then this one here. Some specifically are graced to give. Right. Well, to give to what? To God-revealed uh, vision. Right. Like what you guys are doing in Burma and Myanmar. By the way, this is um, uh, one of their hats here. Jehovah Jireh Farms. So they've got a farming operation. Listen, that's vision. 
And uh, the last time you were on the podcast, we talked a little more about kind of some of the nuts and bolts of what you guys are doing. Y'all are producing uh, rice, rice and sunflower. You and he he brought a bag. I mean, they're 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 packaging this. They're they're giving it. They're selling it. They're doing all kinds of of, of things. That's vision. Did I tell you though that we've multiplied? Now, no. we have, now that was Jehovah Jireh one. Now we have Jehovah Jireh two. Since then, yeah. Since that, since we bought uh, another uh, eight acre track of rice. Come on, somebody. Well, and here's here's the whole. This is this, this. We don't have. I don't know how much time we have, but yeah, I mean, well, this gets into a lot bigger than that. Go ahead, and share some. Well, I'm just saying uh, the, the farming there is is a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, it's an agrarian economy. Yeah. And so we're trying to tap into that. So what we realized is that if we have X amount of acres, we're looking we're looking right now to buy 50 acres total. We already have wow. 14, so we need 36 more acres. And I believe after 36 acres, that will make us almost self-sufficient. Okay. I mean, wow. our operation there, everything could be paid for, Yeah, you know, by what we're doing. goes back to the analogy, teach a man to fish rather than yeah. giving fish. And I, right. I've tried to teach my people there. I said, you can't look to me as your God, Yeah, you know, because if something happens to me, how does this go on? Yeah. So we're trying to establish, you know, uh, a, a, a legacy. Yeah. to make sure that this continues far at, long after we're gone. So you, I mean, you guys are just, you guys are just ex- expounding, expanding. Th- this is, this, this is the, this is a result of a vision. And I'm just saying, look, look at this hat. This is just one um, part of the overall vision and ministry there. But what I'm saying is that God, God downloaded this vision. This concerns those people. This is um, the future. This is God's plan, God's will. And uh, you got that vision. You made it plain. Others have run with it. Well, part of this, too, is because what we want to do is we have a, with our new, on our campus, we have a, what they call a school of the harvesters, okay, which is an evangelistic school where we're training evangelists. For the yeah. 10 years I told you we were plowing, yeah. we were learning. So now we want to take and impart those things into people that come to our school Wow. And we want to be able love it. to fund them when they go out. Because keep in mind, we're right between China and India. Yeah. And all those countries are like this. I mean, yeah. we're, there's over 3 billion people. So if we can, we've got 50 people in our class wow. that want to go and do these things. So, I mean, if we can support a little bit of that, you know, because yeah. they can go out where we'll never be able to go. Right. Right. They look like them. They, they, they're just perfect, I mean, yeah. to, to do what they want to do. They just need the training and the help to do it and a little bit of support to get them out there to do it. Wow. Wow. Absolutely love it. All right, Rick, give us information. How do we uh, get a hold of what you're doing, your website, social media, whatever? Tell us how people can get in touch with you, follow you, stay, stay up with what you're doing. Well, you can go on the, our website, which is triumphministries.com. And if you want to do uh, uh, our mailing address is uh, Triumphant Ministries, Post Office Box 1945, Branson Mo 65615. And so those That's are awesome. the two easiest ways to get out. If you got any questions or anything, hey, just we're open book. Just call us. Wow. Rick, I totally have enjoyed this. Love this conversation of vision. Thank you, brother, for carrying vision. Thank you. I, You, you know, I mean, what... What a testimony to be used of the Lord in such a way to carry part of the future for another people. I love that. I love that. Hallelujah. And I believe that the Lord's going to make it clear, even more clear. Amen. Hallelujah. I received that. A, a season of total clarity. 
Thank you, Father. Father, we just come into agreement now with, with Rick. And I thank you for those partners. We, we, we agree for those partners, Father, those that are graced to run with the vision. Those, Lord, that you've tapped on their shoulder to participate. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's to, you know, other, other ways through prayer partnerships, financial partnerships. Father, people that will come that are skilled uh, in various things, Lord, that can come and contribute to the building up of the campus and, and, and different operations there. Father, we just thank you for it. Thank you for vision. Father, Rick and I just come into agreement now that your people would have vision. Amen. That you would you would see, you would see your purpose, it would become clear to you, and you would uh, move towards it. It's calling for you. you. The vision is calling for you. I just encourage you to get up and move towards it in faith. Hallelujah. Take a risk. Get out there into the unknown. Hallelujah. And it'll quickly become known. Amen. It won't stay the unknown f- forever. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. One more yeah, thing. Yeah, what you got? Can I, say, can I yeah, ask something? Yeah. You know, one more thing. I was thinking, if you don't have a vision, if you're feeling like, hey, sometimes people get under condemnation. I don't have right. a vision. I don't know what to do. Hey, hook in with somebody hook who in. does. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, because he said, if you're faithful in another man's work, you'll be faithful to get your own. Exactly. You know? That's very good. Hallelujah. Well, Rick, I think you would be just wonderful ground to sow into. People hook up with you. That gospel plow in Burma and Myanmar. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Hey, if, if we could, um, you know, help you in any way like prayer, maybe something we've said, something Rick said has just stirred you and you'd like to communicate on that, uh, we'd be happy to do that. Several ways to reach out to us. You can send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv or, or call us 870 uh, I also want to say a big thank you, just like what we're talking about here, of uh, to those who have run with the vision of this podcast. Uh, there's a little bit of cost associated with this. I want to say thank you to those who have contributed to that. If you'd like to join them, if you'd like to participate in that way, several ways that you can give. You can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Or if you're in the United States, you can text to give 84321. Just follow the prompts. Or you can mail us a check, P.O. Box 7. Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Uh, however you contribute, whether it's prayer or financial, just, just know that we're we're just getting out there. Hallelujah. We're able to have people like Rick come on and share vision of what's happening in the nation. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, friends, be blessed.